Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Well, hello, Brains. How are you? Let me get my pointer here so you know where you are. <laughs> You're on the edge with April Mahoney and Poppy Poussin. I love her name. It's sexy. Uh, we're on the edge, the place where the conversation is pointed in your face. The conversations are sharp and the guests are never dull. We're going to have a, a relaxed conversation about grief and grief recovery. Brains, it does not have to be a Debbie Downer. Yes, it's sad, but sometimes it can be joyous. But you know what else Poppy does? She helps people liquidate their assets in estate sales. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to ask her, what is the craziest thing she found in somebody's house? No telling what it was. Probably a jar of somebody's toenails. <laughs> uh, but you never know what people keep or they hoard or what's really valuable. How to price that out, how to set it up, trick it out. So people are doing, you know, coming through, how to advertise it, how to promote it but also how to separate yourself from things. And what we want to do is we want to try to separate ourselves from things now, because when you get that hearse behind you, it's not going to have those red bottom shoes. It's not going to have that designer handbag. It's not going to have Aunt Martha's China. None of that's going with you. What's going is the heart and the soul. And she is also the owner of PLP, Peace, Love and Poppy. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like something you do on a psychedelic trip, but still, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to have a lot of joy and a lot of laughs. So let's welcome her to the show. Poppy Poussin, how are you, baby? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much, April. That was an amazing introduction and I love everything you said. Your energy is just amazing. Well, Absolutely. Thank you. Because you know what? I am not, I've had my come to Jesus meeting several times. Actually, he's on my board of directors. And I am not, really, I'm not going to sit up here and live my life as if I'm dying. I, I can't do that. I want to enjoy every single minute of it. And then when I transition, whatever I leave behind, I want to leave behind in a joyous way for my family. I don't want them scratching in the shit like the chickens, you know, oh, let's get, <laughs> let's get the TV, let's get the silver, let's get this. You don't want to do that. You want to have it structured. But how did you find yourself, number one, in this space, doing this kind of work? And then tell us a little bit about your story. So, uh, well, found myself in this space of grief. Obviously, I, I lost my father, then my mother within a two-year time span. And being an only child, I had a hole in my heart when my father died, and it was it was very hurtful and it but I, I took some antidepressants and I, it did help. But then whenever I lost my mother, there was no antidepressant that was gonna help me. There was, I, I was, it was very difficult. I was spiraling into a very dark space and questioning my existence. How do I go on with life, you know, without the only thing I've ever known my entire life. And so I, being a happy, positive person, my life, I thought, okay, I can get past this. Well, I couldn't. So I, I knew I needed help. And I seeked help from a, uh, she is a modern psychic, a modern mystic. And 
we worked through my inner soul, which helped me to forgive, accept, love myself, and in turn, develop a deeper connection to my parents who's passed. So at that point, I realized the material things are just, they're not that important because not only do I have their memory, but their soul is still with me. Oh my God. And when my mother transitioned, baby, I was there. She passed in my home. I got to feel her very last heartbeat, Poppy. I got to see, literally see the soul separate from the shell of the body. Wow, what an experience. The aura, I converted her bedroom into my office, my studio. And let me tell you, there's not an inch in it that does not represent her. I call on her. And she had a a cute little way of saying, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I'll ask her something and she'll say, "Mm mm-hmm. Oh, and don't let me turn on some country Western music in here. Oh. (laughs) So working with a mystic, though, and a psychic, some people are not that adventurous, okay? Well, she's not a psychic. She is not. She's okay. a healer, but uh, she's not a psychic, no. Okay. Uh, she, so really the techniques that we did were uh, different techniques that may be woo-woo for some people. However, uh, like EFT, tapping, that's a technique that helps you to accept the feeling. You don't want to avoid any feelings whatsoever. I mean, you you need to accept it. That's the, I think, in, especially in America, and especially with men, but overall, and with women who are busy with their 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 family, and they don't, they can't show their pain. They can't be there and and accept what they're going through. And that's what really I feel it, it brings people down, and it, it causes them to become sick, or they've just mm-hmm. so stressed out. Eventually, they're going to they have to break. So with tapping. The first time I was doing the emotional freedom technique, you know, when I was tapping, my husband goes, baby, is something wrong? Are you itching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of looks I'm like, like that. No, I said, I'm just trying to calm my nerves. You know, I'm just trying to feel the feeling. But yeah. tapping has expanded into something much more than I thought it was. At first, it was just, you know, for your emotions to calm you down, to bring you to center, uh, to bring you to realization, to pace yourself, to lower your heart rate. But now people are talking about they can tap for money and all that kind of stuff. I personally, I don't know. But that is not what I would use it for. I would use it more for the spiritual, metaphysical things and the energy and what it does to my body, not for, again, another superficial add-on. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that focusing more on your soul, your own soul, and it, aligning this is going to help you everywhere. It don't, you know, every, if you're not selfless to be selfish, if you're not selfish to be selfless, then you, you're not achieving anything, but mm-hmm. you really have to love yourself. You have to find yourself and be comfortable with who you are. And whenever I, I felt like I lost myself, like I said, my existence, but whenever I realized that, okay, I'm still here and actually I'm even better than I was before and I have peace and that's what I wanna do for others is that there is peace out there. You don't have to put on a facade and and pretend 
that you don't have grief because you're never going to get over it without a doubt. You never get over that. However, you can feel lighter. You can have peace. You don't have to hide anything just and getting help as with a mentor or coach is what I'm here to do is to help someone find that peace because trust me, I never thought that I could be this peaceful and happy internally. Well, you know what? And it is a certain maturity. Yes. Because what happens is we, you know, we have to be weaned off of it. Yeah. But everyone's experience is different. And I can tell by the way that you talk and, and my experience that there was a very loving, compassionate relationship between parent and child. There are some very volatile situations. There yeah. are a lot of uh, un- unsaid words, mean words. There's a lot of thievery. There's a lot of mistrust, distrust. So there's other people that are going to go through a whole different psychedelic trip than what you went through and what I went through. We're able to find peace a little bit easier because we had those relationships. What do you say and how do you work with a person that's had a very volatile relationship with someone that's passed? Well, first and foremost, you have to find forgiveness for yourself and acknowledge again, this has happened. I see how I felt, how it has affected me. You basically visualize you find that person and you whether it be your younger self or your parent or whomever you've lost or who you feel you need to forgive and you work through that no matter how often it takes to get past that point because I never realized that I needed to forgive myself I thought oh hey I'm great you know but I did I had a lot of forgiveness for myself that I had to overcome and once I got past that I mean, the transformation of my peace within was tremendous. And like you said, I mean, everybody has it differently. And I thought things were great and I, and it was going to be easier for me because of how close I was to my parents, how much we discussed death. It wasn't ever a taboo uh, conversation, but there's always, everybody has skeletons or issues. Sure, sure. It may even be subconscious that you don't, you're not even aware of it. So, so what just happened to me? <laughs> uh, before I left to go on my vacation, I got an email. Mm-hmm. And this email said, uh, I've tried to contact you before, but you didn't respond. I'm like, okay. Come to find out I got a half brother. Really? Here I am, 61 years old. Oh, He's 67. And I was like, now it wasn't my mother's. It was, I thought it was my mother's at first, but it was on my father's side. Uh-huh. And I was shocked. Wow. I was shocked. Now, you know, I proceed with caution. I'm not jumping in with both feet. I'm going yeah. to build, try to build a relationship. Seems like he's a very nice guy, uh, you know, but talking to him. But again, what you do in the dark will always come to the light. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. So when you have these controversial relationships, brains, what you have to understand, baby, it's not how you die. It's how you've lived. Yeah. That's what you're going to take with you to the grave. That is when they're standing there and they're doing the eulogy and people are making the last remarks. That's what they're going to talk about. That's what they're going to remember. The funny times that you had, the controversial times they had, the $50 that you never returned. (laughs) (laughs) Those, Those type of things. But again, 
It's about forgiving yourself and you cannot relive that life vicariously. And you know what other folks will do? Hmm. They get ugly when somebody dies. Oh, they're going to try to vindicate the relationship from the grave. Well, you didn't treat my brother right. So we're going to, he's not allowed to come to the funeral Hmm. or we're going to take his name out of the obituary or we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It's not your battle to fight. Nastiness. They had their own relationship. Mm-hmm. Let that die with them. Let those two individuals work it out. You don't pick up the gauntlet and run with it. That's just a little piece of advice because it's going to come back. It's going to come back to haunt you in a very ugly way. Not yeah. how you expect it, but it will. Grief for animals <clears throat> is something else. They kidnapped oh a dog, Poppy. Cotton picking. Oh, no. Coyotes jumped over the fence, girl, kidnapped him and ate. Oh my gosh, no. That's horrible. (laughs) I had a spiritual, I had a spiritual healer for animals. Okay. And she explained to me that he told her it was a quick kill, that I was the best adopted mommy ever for 13 years. Nobody knew that. She said that he had a heart problem. And he did. He had a respiratory problem. I was giving him codeine cough syrup. I used to ask him, I said, you ready to get some lean? That's all. He, he had his little puppy high on, girl. That tail be wagging. I was like, okay. And he, he told us I was good. So even with that, but it was just, it was just robbed. There are people that are robbed. I think of these parents and these mass shootings. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. You know, uh, you go to the grocery store, you go into the Walmart to get some uh peanut butter and jelly and bread to make a sandwich for lunch, and you don't ever come back home. No, no. You send your kid to kindergarten Mm -hmm. and another classmate comes in there and shoots up everybody. I know. That kind kind of grief is not about forgiveness. That is about, that's a struggle. That's a struggle. I don't even know where to begin with to have that conversation with those those individuals. Would you? You know, to be quite honest, that, that I think that's a little over my head whenever it comes to mass shootings like that. I really would not know where to begin because that's just so I, I, I just the questions the why the this that or the other but I mean and, and how do you find forgiveness for anyone who's done something like that but I do believe that it can be done uh, and I, I think honestly for situations like that it probably requires a village to to it take does. care of these people to come together I had a psychologist that I had a psychologist on my show and what she suggested and what she told me is the first thing you do is just hold space. Yeah. yeah. You just sit there and hold space and just let them kind of go through it because grief is not, you know, they say there's seven stages. You don't Mm -hmm. go through them uh, incrementally. You go through them back and forth. One day you're arguing, one day you're negotiating, one day you're forgiving, one day you're sad, you know, and this is for a lifetime. I was in the grocery store thinking about my mother and went to grab the graham crackers and had a complete meltdown. Yeah. You, know, yep. you never know yep. what's going to strike you. But for those individuals that are going through that, they're also yep. angry with God. They're yes. angry yep. with God. Why mm-hmm. me? And I used to ask my mom, you know, what why? It's not fair. And she says it's very fair. Yeah. Because there are necessary evils in the world. And we yep. can't explain it. Yep. And, and there's journeys, there's life journeys. Some people may only be on this journey for seven years. Some yes. people might be on this journey for, you know, 40 years living with cancer. You never know what 
you are going to be dealt with and you got to play the hand that you're dealt, correct? So true. Your your knowledge is amazing. I mean, you you've said it exactly. That's all you need. You have to you have to try to live your life the best that you can. And it's not about acting positive all the time. It is accepting those bad times because without that, you don't know how good you can have it. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an up and down no matter what it is. And I'm not saying that, oh, okay, if something bad happens and you should be smiling and having fun with it. But without a doubt, you have to accept everything that's coming to you and try to live your best life that you can. I mean, you've said it perfectly. And I, I appreciate your knowledge and how you, what you put out there in this broadcast. I mean, it, it truly is amazing. I love your style. Thank you. I mean, you know, but I love people. And it's about the real deal. Because I know that my number is going to come up one day. But what I do is, again, like I said, I have that board of directors meeting in my head. I had my come to Jesus meeting, especially during COVID. I was like, okay, if if I get knocked down by this COVID, don't cry for me, Argentina, because I am going to live <laughs> my best life. You have to live your best life. And it's not day by day. It's moment by moment. It is. It truly is. And like you were saying with the everybody, uh, there's stages of grief. And actually, there's way more than just the seven. And everybody does handle it differently. And it can be any... I mean, I, I I can be sitting here with you having a great conversation and something may trigger me that I start crying. We were at a Christmas dinner one time and it, <laughs> there was sweet pea salad on the table and I just started crying <laughs> all over the, the line. You cried the over the sweet peas, girl. <laughs> and I said, oh, that was my mother's favorite dish to make for all every holiday. And, and, and so, you know, of course, I feel embarrassed and I know a lot of people feel that way, but Mm-mm. you know you know what and it's not to be embarrassed that is when pe- that is when people embrace you that is when they feel your energy that's when the warmth. that's when your mother's presence or your father's presence is activated oh yeah in those tears yeah. you know and i would ask god my brother passed away they just found him you know he had had a massive heart attack and they found him and i wasn't able to say goodbye and let me tell you what happened. Uh, I wasn't able to say goodbye. And I said, God, I said, I want to talk to him so bad. God said, I never stopped you from talking to him. So I picked up my phone. I went into my voicemail. And when I went into my voicemail, there was a message from my brother. And it had said, oh, okay, well, you know, you're going to pick me up at this time. Okay, well, we're going to take the dog, Tootsie, over here. And uh, I'm going to make sure that, you know, that my daughter's okay. And you and mom, I want to make sure that you guys are okay too. And I love you, sis. Oh, my goodness. So you're tiny and you have to listen for these things, brains. Don't be afraid of them. You have to listen for the, the smallest thing. There might be a butterfly. There might be a bird. There might be a song that comes on. Those are things that let you remember. Thank God for memory. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that it, it, it music, a smell, um, oh, a, yes. a butterfly, a red cardinal, or a uh, a dove, a feather. I mean, and I find everything, anything that I can see. I'm oh, like it's so things. symbolic. It's so symbolic. Yeah. And you know what that person meant to you. So let's talk about folks and they stuff, girl. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had a girlfriend that passed away. Uh, it was my brother's girlfriend, actually. And we had to clean out her house. And Lord have mercy. If that yeah. didn't make me want to be a minimalist, nothing else. <laughs> right. She yes. had clothes and she had shoes. And the thing was, it wasn't brand new stuff. This is stuff that had been from the thrift store that she was saving, that she thought someone else might use. People yes. are attached to stuff. Yes, they are. Talk about the, the hoarder, you know, which is, yeah, you know, and but people have to understand that that's also a mental condition. Yes. So, you know, yes. it has been diagnosed as a part of depression and these things uh, give them value, but you got to be careful because those things start to come alive. You know, the pictures on the wall will start talking to you and, you know, <laughs> yeah, because you're there. And I can understand seniors that don't want to leave their home. They don't yeah. want to go to assisted living. They don't want to go to a facility with a bunch of strangers. They don't want to share a bedroom when they've had a house. With all that, but they isolate themselves. So I would say, brains reach out to a neighbor or a friend. Their kids aren't coming to see them. Maybe they don't have anybody left. You see them sitting on the porch. Maybe their yard is all you know. You could just go over it with the lawnmower, you know, to make it look like it's lived in that nobody breaks in on them. Uh, mm. See if see if there is a uh, wellness community or senior citizen that will go and check on them. You know, mm -hmm. I walked past a woman's house the other day and the smell of urine that came from that house. Oh, goodness. So mm -hmm. I, know, I know something's going on there. Yeah. With the you know, what is yeah. what is going on there? If I can smell it from outside, there's something going oh, on. It's not yeah. right. That's and with sad. COVID, there was a lot of people that were shut in and that they were paranoid. So when you go into these homes after mm -hmm. someone has passed and or, you know, they're maybe just moving, they're downsizing. Yeah. Estate sales. Yes. Start to edit, filter, separate. What is your plan? What is your plan with that? Well, so organization, first and foremost, you literally empty out every cabinet, every drawer, every closet, and you put it all together. You throw away um, anything that is trash, obviously. It's after the family has gone through and gotten what they want of course. And then, um, so you just start organizing it. You clean it, you uh, look through it, anything that's band-aids, medical, you put all that in an area you, and towels and you just organize it, make it look pretty. And then uh, you put prices on it, start advertising, advertise, 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 and mainly in your community, put signs up and then you have an estate sale and I tell you what, it can get crazy and it can get nasty and it's a lot of work. It is a tremendous amount of work. If you've ever been to an estate sale, think of the hours and the weeks that it took. Imagine taking your home right now and emptying out every single drawer, cabinet, closet, and going through every single piece. I mean, that's a lot. And it, the longer you're there, the the more you accumulate. I mean, even your garage, everything comes together. And then, and then you got to clean everything if it hasn't been cleaned very well, because you don't want to really sell something too dusty. And you want to take uh, account. You want to see, hey, is this is this antique? Is it vintage? Is it something that is for more of a collector? Is it a um, valuable item? Because you don't want to 
mislay, you know, misprice it and but, or it. and jewelry brains. Let me tell you a technique. When you look at jewelry, you touch the stone. If the mm -hmm. stone is cool or cold, it's real. Yeah. Look inside to see if you got that nine two five for the silver. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe the estate person can have something and test it to see if it's real gold. Because yeah. my girlfriend ran into a $2,500 ruby ring. They didn't realize it. Go through all of the pockets. Yes, yes, yes. Before you go, I done found cash. I took a jacket of Mr. Magnificent's one and I went through and I, I pranked him. I said, oh, I took your jacket. Baby, he came up out the ground. Don't be going through my clothes. And I said, oh, this? <laughs> he had a nice little water change. But go yeah. through the pockets. Also, and the books. And the books. And the books. If you are dealing with older senior citizens, look in their mattress. Yeah. Look at the hem of the curtains. Okay? Under the drawers. Under the drawers. Yes. You know, if you got a metal detector, baby, go in the backyard and go through that. <laughs> because they are from the old school, 1929, 1930, 1940, Worn out dish, and you would think, "Oh my gosh!" Absolutely, absolutely. But they do, and then there's a tons of crystal and um, behind the pictures, you know, behind the 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 uh, oh yeah, the behind the pictures. So take your time, work mm -hmm. with a trained expert like Poppy, somebody that has integrity, someone that knows what they're doing, someone that knows how to assess what's valuable. Yes. And trick it out. That's what I do. I put some music out there. I have some cookies and some punch and some water. You know, food always draws people like the Pied Piper. Sure you know, again, yeah. like you say, advertise on social media. Have a free cycle area. Have an area just where yeah. things aren't, you know, that you don't really find they're good, but you don't have the value for them, where people will take it away. And then afterwards, take all that stuff to the Goodwill. Don't leave it there. Would you agree, Poppy? I would agree. I would say that uh, you can always donate it to a church or anywhere that they have a thrift store. That's going to help the community by by far. And what I I like to take, I mean, again, they people hold on to things. You can have sheets that are just falling apart practically, but sometimes there's sheets that may be stained but still clean or you can use um you can use that for different things or even tupperware dishes you know that maybe only cost a couple of dollars in the store but there's somebody who may be walking through the estate sale that truly needs it and so yeah i always have free free clothes or free tupperware dishes free sheets something that is going to help the community that does come in and mm -hmm. then also at the end of it all if you still I always recommend that if you, you always want to have that 50% off day. And then if you still have more left over, have another sale, do a, a 75%. And it, it really, I mean, trust me, it brings in a lot of money, but you want to make sure that you've got the right staff available, that the right. people you hire, if you choose to hire somebody is going to um, be trustworthy 
that if they do find money or something with, that was your parents or your family, you, they're going to give it back to you. They're not going to keep it for themselves. And if you choose to do this on your own, which I don't recommend because it's, it is difficult to let go of what was your family. Right. So I, know right. I, had, I had a hard time at the beginning, but then I just had an estate sale of my things and I sold a lot of my mom's and dad's items. I mean, of course, I kept a few sentimental things, but mm -hmm. it, I felt uh, I felt reborn because yeah, I you now felt, you felt free. You felt yeah, free, even lighter now that I have less holding me down. You know, but there's and certain it, things. Again, I want you to look at brains. I want you to look at old books. I want you to look at coins. Don't underestimate those coins. Those were pure silver. Uh, you know, again, the jewelry, uh, there might be documents, there might be letters, there's, you know, great books. I know a, a friend of mine's father was an educator and he had the most extensive library. They had nowhere to hide them. I mean, to, to, uh, provide space for them. So what they did was they donated them to a college. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. And the, yeah, and the college absolutely loved it. So to hire a consultant is well worth it. It takes a lot of the stress off. It takes a lot of the emotion out of it. You already go through the first run through and see what you want and what you want to give your cousins and your brothers and your nieces and your nephews and all that kind of stuff. And then hire somebody like Poppy that's going to come through and is going to work out the fine details. You have been such a wealth of information. Uh, Poppy Poussin. <laughs> I had to tell you real quick. So you you mentioned documents. Um, there was an estate sale that I did that are, it, we found a document signed by Thomas Jefferson. Wow. Yes. yes. It's pretty amazing. Some of the things that we come across, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. What Lots is of one fun. of the craziest things you've come across? Well, of course, you know, sexual toys there. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like oh they were pretty active at their age but it's pretty uh and it's crazy some of the things that people just think they hold on to and they think it's so you know important but i mean it is to them and you have to respect that so you want to treat it with the utmost respect but my gosh and you never throw anything away that you think could be trash because to them it's not maybe to the family it's not but it, it is it's it's pretty fun actually to find the things what else we found coins we found um a, a, a old photos and uh military items like the patches and mm. clothes and oh my gosh it's it's pretty fun. Well, I'm, I'm telling you when i went through the i went through the friend's house and i wasn't joking about that homegirl had a jar full of toenail clippings and nail clippings no, 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 and no, i'm no. like uh what is this all about what were you trying to and i long ones too and i'm like ew oh, no. Uh, no, no, no <laughs> maybe no. she was doing it as a hobby i don't know what it is i don't know what it is you never but, got an answer out of her huh you never got an answer out of her as to why the the clipping. Oh my god! Oh my god! But you know, people collect people's hair. Yeah. You know they do. That's a part of their DNA. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, you you never know when you might have to have a test, and you can't uh, exude the body, so you yeah. got the hair. But there's a lot of things that people keep 
um, that are odd to us, but are very valuable to them. And they want to keep that memory alive. And sometimes that holds the grief as well. Sometimes when you let those things go, you free yourself. But it's a personal choice. I'm not telling anybody how to do anything. You've got to do it when it's right for you and when you're ready. That is number one right there. You can't force anybody to do anything they don't want to, even though you feel it is the best. It it isn't the best for them. Let them take their time because they'll get to the they'll get where they need to be. We're always where we need to be every right. moment of the day, right? Right. And in closing, I just encourage all of us to, if we can, live as light as possible. You know, free ourselves, be able to walk around the house and not have to dust every single little thing that you're able to look and you can find space uh, because that space that holds that holds energy for something else wonderful to come into your life. Yes. yes. Thank you so much, Poppy Love Peace or Peace Love Poppy. I got it backwards. <laughs> Thank you, April. This has been a tremendous, uh, a, a, my energy is so great. I can conquer the world now. Oh, you're so sweet. Brains, go in there and conquer that junk in your house. <laughs> go through your drawers. Go and visit your people and talk to them while you are able to talk to them. Ask the questions that you want to ask. Get the answers. Uh, journal things. Take that final picture. Do a recording. Do a recording of their voice, you know, like me. I listened to my voicemail and there he was. God answers prayers. Yes, he does. So I love you deeply and completely. I need you to answer my prayer. Go in and like, love, share, and subscribe on the edge. Like, love, share, and subscribe. Contact Poppy. Poppy's on to a new adventure now. She's going to be taking her business on the road. So Google her. She might be in your town. Stay there two or three days and do an estate sale for you. Thank you so much, Poppy. You are the best. Thank you, April. I appreciate you. All right, Brains. Handle your business. Bye. Bye.